We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Clark. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, hello again and welcome to a sweet 16th version of the show. We are so very happy to have you. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I am flanked by the one and the only Logan Jones, at least that I know of. It's sort of a common name, but not terribly common. Anyway, Logan, how are you? There's probably more out there. Um, I'm doing great. I'm enjoying the bracket. I'm enjoying the tournament. Well, I'll take that back. I'm enjoying the tournament immensely. Uh, I try not to look not at the en- bracket. Not enjoying my bracket at all, though. No. <laughs> Which, of course, does not matter um, because the tournament itself has been extremely fun. Uh, we are recording this late at night on Monday, March 20th, because uh, we made the foolish decision to jump on and just kind of keep tabs on the games that were remaining while we recorded. And then we ended up just watching uh, <laughs> yeah. because no game... Uh, no day of games has been more more close in recent memory than every game that was on tonight. Yeah, the last the last game in the, the second round, it just felt like every single one. UCLA at one point I think was up as much as twelve late, and that's why the that's the last game on the schedule. And I thought, oh, we'll just keep tabs on that, but maybe we can hit record a little early. By the time I sat down at my desk, it was a two point game. Like well, this clearly was going to happen. Yeah, should yeah, not have been that question it. Which exactly. is great. This is this is actually probably my favorite part of talking about the tournament, if that makes sense. Like the okay, the first weekend just happened, the sweet sixteen is set. Let's talk about the surprises, the the unsurprises, who looks dominant, who looks weak. Like that's this is my favorite part before we transition into one of these sixteen teams is gonna win the title and it's going to you know a week from now it's going to be down to 4 and we're going to know kind of what that looks like but right now the field still feels very wide open. Yeah, very excited. We definitely have a lot to hit as we transition to Seattle and Greenville as the cases may be before we just get into a smorgasbord of, of whatever this conversation is going to be. Logan, um would you care to give us a quick rundown of where our wonderful audience can Find the show, connect with the show, and just, you know, do cool things related to the show. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, you already found us on whatever listening app or method that you already use. So okay. go ahead and drop a, a five-star review uh, on there if you haven't already. We'll read the review on the show. I know we have one or two in the tank that we need to go ahead and read at some point uh, when we're not overwhelmed by all the bracket news that's coming through. But 
please go ahead and do that. It helps us get the show out there to people who are interested in women's basketball. Uh, you can also find the links to basically everything else cool that has to do with our show at WNBANation.com. Uh, you will have all the latest episodes, blogs, our Twitch stream, the store link. Uh, that's the easiest place to find the store because otherwise you have to go to like creatorspring.com. It, it's like long and you won't remember it. So WNBANation.com, click on the store link. You can get mugs, sweatshirts, t-shirts, backpacks, uh, I have a mug in front of me right now. It's really cool. I like it a lot. So yeah. uh, that's where you can find all of the good stuff. Uh, we are also on Twitter at WME Nation Pod. Uh, I know some of you are already taking advantage of that tonight by calling out my Indiana over UConn Final Four pick. Thank you. Yes, uh, I, I deserve to uh, get rolled over those flames yet again for the second straight year. So feel free to go ahead and dog me on Twitter if you need to. <laughs> Yes, yes, it happens. That's a part of that's a part of life. Thank you, Logan, for for that display. Very impressive. Here's the deal: we tried to uh, listeners, we tried to set up a structure for how this conversation was to go. There have been, let's see now, forty eight basketball games. Actually, fifty two if you count uh, the first four. So. Logan, what do you want to talk about? I, I don't have a plan. Each I just one of them one by one minutely. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're not no. going to do that. I think let's start with the big story, which is two number one seeds are out before the sweet 16 Stanford fallen by the wayside. And then Miami uh, shocking Indiana tonight. What do you think is the more surprising? Uh, how do I want to put this? What, which number one seed do you think is the more surprising out? And then between Miami and Ole Miss, the teams that beat those one seeds, who are you looking at uh, to really advance into potentially a Final Four position? It, first of all, yeah, f- 14 years. 2009 was the last time we saw a one seed drop in the first two rounds. Happened two days in a row, uh, which is – it's very late, which is why we don't sound as pumped as we are because it's been an interesting time. I would probably say Indiana shocked me a little bit more than Stanford in the sense that, I mean, for starters, I bumped Stanford from my final four prediction. I didn't see them as as strong of a one seed as Indiana was. Um, and so in general, that's kind of where my head went was, I, you know, I didn't see that. That being said, you know, so I, I fully expected Indiana, even when Indiana was down, I mean, when Miami was up 12 at the half, there, I still had a strong feeling of like, I don't know. That doesn't quite feel like enough. And in some cases it wasn't because Indiana certainly made it. I mean, they, um, made things interesting. I don't believe you could tell me from, I don't believe they had a lead the entire game, but they tied it multiple times in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Um, but um, they they could scratch. They even had a point where like they had a three point play, hit the free throw, take the lead, and they clanked that, which was interesting. So Indiana threw me off. But to counter your follow up question, I flipped the bracket on the second question. Ole Miss is legit, and that's nothing against Miami. Miami's also a very good competitive team. Ole Miss, I'm now looking at going. There's legs to how far, however far you think this team could go. There's some legs to it. Um, because it went beyond, uh, just their ability to 
like, like their ability to play in the moment and emotionally. That's just a really, really good defensive basketball team, uh, who was able to stymie Stanford really well. Um, and are now in an interesting position where they could, uh, like the position really favors their potential at this point. If you ask yeah. me, I'm curious your response, but. Uh, I'm in agreement that Stanford uh, wasn't a shock to me. I think they're a great team and they have been a great team over the past couple of years. And there's a bunch of players on that team. I'm excited to see play in the league in the future, um, but I didn't have them in my sweet 16. Uh, granted I had them losing to Gonzaga because I'm a dummy, but I was half right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give myself credit for that one. Um, so Stanford wasn't as much a shock to me and Ole Miss absolutely has a resume this year that, indicates that they can play with the big dogs. So this is who they've been all year. It it probably should have been one that now in retrospect we look back on and say like, yeah, that's we probably should have seen them coming. They they took South Carolina to overtime. They've had wins against other tournament teams. The surprise to me is definitely Miami over Indiana. Um both because I think Indiana had the stuff to make the final four this year. And there's not really a lot on Miami's resume that indicated to me that they were going to make a run in the tournament. Uh, they have a win against Virginia Tech earlier in the season. It was a while ago. Basically, every other tournament team they played was a loss. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to, I think, Louisville's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to Virginia Tech again uh, right at the very beginning of the season. So they split that series. Um, they had a couple other losses, like to DePaul and Columbia, that didn't really make a lot of sense. They had losses to Michigan. So it just felt like they were a good middle-of-the-road team that beat who they were supposed to beat, uh, but but couldn't show up for the big game. And boy, uh, I really like I like the coaching. I like the tenacity. I like uh, Destiny Harden's post-game interview on ESPN. Um, the only thing I didn't like was, despite playing a really great game. Miami did try to give this one away at the end. Uh, a mm-hmm. pair of missed free throws, not not perfect execution down the stretch, and then Indiana hitting a huge three to tie it up with like six seconds left. Uh, that that It started to kind of... I think if it goes to overtime, Indiana pulls this one out. It started to kind of circle the drain yes. for Miami there. But credit to Haley Cavender for uh, nailing two free throws down the stretch that they needed. Indiana hit that three, and then you had the Destiny Harden... Uh, drive through the lane and bucket that ended up finding the bottom of the net. And then a great, I, by the way, I love a game that ends on a defensive play instead of just kind of the clock runs out. And it, it wasn't a, a block or anything spectacular like that, but not even letting Indiana get a shot off with their last yes. possession by getting a steal at the end of the game. That tells you everything you need to know about this Hurricanes team. I really liked that a lot. Um, their matchup in the next round is tough. It's going to be Villanova, who comes out of that kind of battle with uh, Florida Gulf Coast pretty clean. They they beat by they beat by almost twenty. Uh, Villanova, who really hung with UConn in in conference play this year against a Miami team that now knows that they can beat anybody in that region. That's going to be a really good game. Uh, I I also since since I took it that far and I didn't plan to the the matchup in the other in the Seattle Four region uh, Louisville getting past a really good Drake team and then pretty much putting it to Texas uh, and getting through as the five seed will be the team. You'll get a Haley Van Lith versus Ole Miss uh, game that I know I I think you want to talk about. (laughs) When that was my follow up, honestly, I I just, I when Ole Miss went zeros against Stanford and that game was over, 
that was my kind of hope. And it's, that's nothing against Texas. I was just like, Ole Miss and Louisville are two very angry teams, and it's fun to watch two angry teams go at it. Like they, it's, they play yes. not, not that they're angry people, but they play an angry style of basketball that I love. Um, and I think that those matchups play very well to each other, and that's going to be a really exciting. You know, I think that's going to be one of the more like one of the thicker circles on my list when it when the, these games kick off this coming week. Um, no, so that was definitely the huge thing. That was probably the mainstay story. We went 14 solid years with that, you know, with the number ones pretty well running the roost. Uh, we're still sitting at a pure clean decade where uh, a number one has, has taken the chip. Obviously that's very well in play. Uh, th- th- there's no doubting that that's something that's highly possible, if not probable. Uh, but, uh, that level of change is huge. And you, you talked to me a little bit before you record just on, um, the impact of that and how important that is. And keeping in mind that this is happening while, um, while number ones in the men's bracket seem to be falling like flies. Um, it was a big, you know, it was a big weekend for the men's championship bracket as well. Um, and a lot of excitement going there. And there are a lot of people that at one point were trying to compare the parody of those types of matchups in the tournament with the women's bracket, because essentially if you're a top four seed, you get two home games to start the tournament that tends to play in your favor. What to you is the impact or the value or just the reaction you have? Uh, see, you know, we went a decade and a half without this happening now we've seen it twice in as many days. Um, you know, is this something that actually has a big ripple effect over time, or is this just a cool thing to admire? Yeah, uh, this is a topic I, I like a lot, actually. The the parody that's come to college sports, and particularly the, the women's side, um, is really exciting. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good to see that a dominant team like South Carolina can coexist with a chaotic tournament. Um, so you could have one really, really good team and a lot of other teams who are making noise. And it, it isn't just like boring because uh, like the Gamecocks are just going to storm to the finals. Like I, I am super intrigued by Ole Miss Louisville. I'm intrigued by the fact that Iowa is now in a region where the one, three and four seeds have all lost. And it still doesn't look like their path to the final four is by any means easy. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, you've got across from them, you have the Seattle three region where you've got the one, two, three, four, and those are all going to be major clashes. You've got LSU with Angel Reese putting up stat lines that are absolutely insane against a Utah team that can put up a hundred points against virtually any opponent in the field. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for getting eyes on the women's bracket. Um, just as a, a kind of an aside, it was much easier to find and fill out the women's bracket this year, both on the app and the website. And so I think there's also backend uh, influences that are kind of realizing like, Oh, there's a lot of money to be made if with, with two basketball tournaments going on instead of just the one. Um, so I appreciate the, uh, the UI work that has gone into making the women's bracket just kind of a, a counterpart. It should always be a counterpart to the men's tournament. It, it never needs to be, Oh, if you fill out a men's one, maybe you could do a women's one too. It's like, no, they're, they're one in the same, like this, and this this kind of proves it, right? Like the men's bracket is absolute chaos with a one seed losing on the first day to a 16. Um, and and the women's 
bracket is is equally grabbing headlines by by being like, look, South Carolina is really good, but all these other teams are going to try to take their best shot at them. And you got to stick around and watch to see what happens. <laughs> and I like that a lot. It's This is probably the easiest it's been to watch the games in recent memory, to find the times, uh, to feel like... I, I like that they stagger day one with the men's tournament a little bit so that Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sweet 16 is wrapping up kind of on its on its own day. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm rambling at this point now. But my, my general consensus is with more incentive through name and likeness stuff for basketball players to stay in college, you end up with better teams and more good teams in the field. And that's what we're seeing this year. And I think that's a positive thing. No, absolutely. In a, in a week when the the advent of single elimination has proven all things pandemonious across three different platforms with men's basketball, women's basketball and baseball. Um, It's, it's been an interesting week to see just the, the value and the impact that that can have. And like we talked about it, I think there is a huge ripple effect here because what it's really showing is the talent level the and the overall sophistication across teams is is only going to continue to grow and increase and that's keeping in mind that we're about to see a seismic shuffle in conference alignment over the next couple of years and how that's going to affect certain levels of teams and 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 who comes to the top i've no idea what the pac 12 championship looks like next year um given who's leaving who's staying you know it, it's going to be an interesting case there. Um, so I'm just going to really quick for the sake of admin uh, run through the matchups we have here for the Sweet 16, and then I'll have a follow-up question. But Greenville won. We've got number one, South Carolina. Number four, UCLA. So that's pretty well as advertised. Though if you watched UCLA's games, actually, no. I, UCLA, I mean, had a fairly simple win against Sacramento State, but Oklahoma took them to the ropes a little bit. But you got South Carolina, UCLA, you got number three, Notre Dame, against number two, Maryland. So pretty chalk there. Uh, Greenville 2, uh, the Hurricanes, and Villanova, which we've already noted. LSU and Utah is great. I think you've hit on a few of these, so I'll just make this quick. Virginia Tech and Tennessee, down in Seattle 3. Uh, that's that's a, chalk. That's a good one. That's yeah. a very good one. As well as Ohio State, UConn. Ohio State's looked a lot better than we, uh, as a show, had expected. Um, so that is chalk. But then when you head over to Seattle 4, I think this is where the matchups get really intriguing. You have Ole Miss, Louisville, uh, and then you have uh, number two, Iowa, uh, playing off with number eight, Colorado. So, no, six. My printing's too small. I messed up the savings <laughs> here. Uh, so number six, Colorado, number two, Iowa. So bringing up and hearing all of those teams, I'm curious, if you take those number one upsets away, Miami and Ole Miss, which te- which team on this ledger shocks you the most to see in the Sweet 16 lineup? That's a good question. Uh, probably Notre Dame. Yep. Honestly, uh, they uh, everybody else that's made it this far, I I see the resume. I see how they were playing at the end of the year, and I think, yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm actually not shocked at all by Colorado. I have them and Iowa matching up. Um, just because I think Colorado has been an underrated team all year. Their defense is almost on par with Stanford's. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in that matchup. But Notre Dame, uh, handling business in the first round against Southern Utah, maybe not so much of a shock, but squeaking out a low-scoring victory against Mississippi State 
And now going up against a high-scoring Maryland team, uh, they came to play. Uh, I didn't feel like they were playing well at the end of the year, and a lot of that was because Olivia Miles was out. Feels like Maryland is going to have the depth to really challenge that. Uh, so we're, you know, they have five days to prepare for a Terps team that has won handily their first two round matchups. Uh, Notre Dame just barely got by Mississippi State, so I don't expect them to get any further. But I didn't expect them to get this far. And for their sake, I, I think they put together a good enough team this this season that I I wouldn't be. How do I put this? I don't think anybody deserves anything in the tournament. You you take what you what you deserve, right? Like so yeah. so Maryland has been playing really well and I think they're actually one of the very few teams left in the field that could really challenge South Carolina. Um so I think they're going to handle Notre Dame just fine. But this is a an Irish team that's figured out ways to win when I really didn't think that they had that in them. I thought it would have been very easy mentally for them to fold. As soon as they realized, I mean, seeing a teammate pull up with a non-contact knee injury and having them be the beating heart of your team is really hard to handle. <laughs> um, yes. But they they have been dominating on the boards. Uh, they they don't shoot threes. They just <laughs> instead of worrying about efficient distance shooting, they just say we're going to try to pound the paint <laughs> and deal with it. That's why they get so many rebounds. Um, but it's it's not a terrible strategy against teams where you can kind of dirty the game up and and keep it like under 60. Uh, Maryland is going to be very difficult to play that style against. So I'm interested to see if they try to change up that strategy at all or if they start opening up a little bit from distance. They they literally shot seven three-pointers in the game against Mississippi State <laughs> yep. and didn't, didn't hit a single one. Um, but yeah, they, they get to the foul line and make them and they rebound and that's what you have to do in the tournament and they play good defense. Uh, I think they just they don't have the firepower. So we'll we'll see if I continue to be dead wrong about everything or if this is where their road ends. Yep. Most definitely. So no, I mean I I completely agree on that as I was not expecting to see that move. Colorado's one that I didn't quite see the horses out of. Um, but they played an extremely tight game with Duke and um there were a lot of moments during that Duke matchup where it looked like the Blue Devils were going to make we're going to close that out. They kept it interesting and and made that happen. So I don't think that's a pushover matchup by any means for Iowa, which has kind of been the theme with Iowa's matchups so far. Is um, you know they were handed the underdog at Georgia. Georgia did not make that matchup easy. Um, they were able to pull that together. Um, of course that was off, you know, that was, uh, a really solid win for Iowa. Caitlin Clark dropping, I think 22 and 12. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
And speaking of individual performances, the last question I'll have before we move on to kind of to the rest of this, is there an individual performance or just a matchup altogether that was a bit, was a highlight for you? Yeah. In, in I mean, these first turns. I, I, we have to talk about Angel Reese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for so much of the year, it's been Caitlin Clark has all these big, awesome, heroic moments and these great post game quotes. And Aaliyah Boston somewhat quietly is kind of in the background leading an undefeated South Carolina juggernaut. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, LSU went 30 and two. They lost one conference game all year. Angel Reese, who wasn't there last year, arrived and put up a 25 point, 24 rebound, six block, four assist, three steal night against Michigan, <laughs> who Michigan, who finished the season ranked, who was a six seed in this tournament. And who, who by all means looked like kind of a, a ball of chaos. I didn't really trust in the Michigan Wolverines, but they, they had some good wins this year. LSU just handled them. And yep. I mean, I, I think Angel Reese was involved in virtually every play of this game. Um, again, her, her box score, when people say like stuffing the box score with stats, they don't usually mean a 25 and 24 game. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's insane. She played 37 minutes. Uh, she didn't even have the most efficient shooting night. She was just all over the floor all the time, um, which I think is worrisome for Utah because if they get Angel Reese when she's in the zone, as, as I mentioned, I, I love this Utah team. I think they're legit. Uh, I think they're one of the more – I mean, they're a two-seed. They're not underrated, but they are a very high-powered offense because they, they have five starters who can all score. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have the one player that they can give the ball to in clutch minutes and say, go and get, you know, a solo 10-0 run. Angel Reese, she's that. I mean, if you're if you're in a tight game down the stretch, you know who the ball's going to, and it's pretty unstoppable. So I'm excited for that, um, that particular matchup. And I, I think that is my individual performance of the tournament so far. Yeah, she was the moment in a lot of ways. I mean, you can look at that statistically, but also keeping in mind. I mean, it's it's it really comes down to the fact that it was against a very good Michigan team. This was not kind of a someone standing out on a one, you know, in a first round game against a unnameable opponent. I mean, this was something that that stood out, and they made they made that game look extremely easy. And it's really, I mean, she her hand was in just about everything. I do have to highlight that Iowa performance. And it's not just because of Caitlin Clark. I think the, the, I, as you know, we've talked heavily about Steve's favorite player in college basketball. If you recall, I'm going to quiz you. If you can remember, is it Zanano? It's not even close. It's Monica. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) My favorite, it's my favorite by a lot. You, you got it dead on. Monica Zanano is my favorite player. Um, because fun fact I learned, during the commentary of that game, uh, evidently Monica Zanano, uh, plans after her basketball career to become a podiatrist. That's what she's, uh, hoping to, to do outside of basketball, which makes a lot of sense because if anyone understands footwork, it's Monica Zanano. She's, if, if you're someone who loves coaching or watching bigs, she, it just, it's so much fun watching her with her footwork. Um, she was fantastic. Caitlin Clark's performance against Georgia was huge and showed the potential of where she can lift this Iowa team. And it had very little to do with her scoring. I get it that the two main clips people want to talk about 
was her making shots from the logo. That's totally fine. She also had an extremely great gutsy hook shot to win the game. Um, you know, that was, there was a lot of stuff there, but it honestly, her ability to distribute effectively, her ability to make either quality assists or what I always call the half assist, which is the pass to the pass, um, was huge. Her ability to distribute setup plays is what helped Iowa stave off Georgia in this game because Georgia went on a handful of hot streaks and this could have went south for them pretty quickly. Um, but she went to the lanes that she knew she could hit, um, you know, hitting Marshall, hitting Warnock. And then that damn dump crease pass from the top <laughs> of the lane to Zanano under the basket is bread slash butter. That thing works without fail. If you're a basketball nerd like I am, it's the doggone sexiest thing to see on hardwood. It's just a fantastic thing. And it's just indefensible. It's so good. And I, I like, it's just one of those things that's like, I don't even know how to, it gives me goosebumps. I love that play. And it, it works without fit to the point where I'm like, why are you doing anything else? Like, if that just works, <laughs> just do that every time. Um, till they, yeah. Till they prove they could stop that. That's, that's a good call out. Um, there's, there's one last one that I wanted to throw in, in like a 10 seconds or less snippet here, because we've yeah, already so, talked about this, but, um, I feel like every time you watch Louisville, every five minutes or so, you either send or receive a text that says, Haley Van Lith is really good. Um, and her, her performance against Texas wasn't like an all time statistical performance or anything like that, but to go into the Longhorns home court and get that win, I think was pretty impressive. Uh, they were technically the lower seed, although I thought they were pretty evenly matched. And Louisville again in the Sweet 16, they've, they do have a player that, that they know they can give the ball to in, in the clutch moments of a game. And they have a lot of tournament experience on that roster. So just don't sleep on Louisville. They're, they're going to the, get the toughest draw because they got Ole Miss in the next round. But yeah, I, I do like that they're playing well. The Louisville Drake matchup is a huge contender for the game of the first round for me. It was one of the best uh, uh, back and forths I watched. Drake was very close to to pulling away some miracle work. And you credit Haley Van Lith, you credit Coach Jeff Walls. I The only word I can – that final sequence uh, for Louisville that pulled them ahead for good, the only word you can use is genius. That catching Drake on their heels – to make a quick pass under the basket, knowing they were going to foul. Yeah. Knowing that it was going to be three point. It was some of the most genius strategy. I just loved that's, that's when like basketball stratagem to 11 and it's just fun to watch. And it just, I laughed. I chuckled out loud when that happened because it was just fantastic. It was one of those things that um, was just a lot of fun to see and shows not only the energy that Van Lith has and why it, it makes her brand of basketball fun to watch, but the, the, the IQ, the, that overall set, everything about that was fantastic. And when you go back, I actually, when they had a timeout after that play, I went back and watched the previous timeout before they made that play and watched their huddle. And it's really fun watching the facial expressions in that huddle, <laughs> knowing what's about to happen yeah. because you could really tell that there was this, this bit of like, okay, everyone's got to do their job. Like this has to work. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. So 
no, I, I, I love that call out. I think there's, um, you know, but that was one. If, if there's one like instant classic you might have missed that you should go check out, Drake Louisville might have been my favorite game of the whole first round. But there was a handful of great ones. It's it's hard to just call them all out, but boom, boom. All right, Logan, we're going to let's let's hit this to kind of I guess close things out more or less. Um, first of all, just out of curiosity, is there a matchup? you're most looking forward to in the sweet 16? Uh, oof, boy, it's hard to pick just one. Um, I think there's going to be offensive fireworks in that LSU Utah game. And Ole Miss Louisville is probably going to be the best game. I, th- I think I'm going to pick a, a game that's neither of those games though, because I'm looking at Virginia tennis or Virginia tech, Tennessee, yeah. And I think there's real opportunity for this bracket to lose a third number one seed. I think Virginia Tech has uh, their hands full with Tennessee. All year, Tennessee's thing has been that they absolutely beat the teams they're supposed to beat, but top 25 matchups, they're one and eight. Uh, they just did not play well against, they, they scheduled a hard schedule and they brought in talent to be like, we are going to challenge South Carolina this year. And then they just did not answer the call time and time again throughout the regular season. But the way they're playing right now, I mean, Toledo took out Iowa State in the first round in a good game, and then they killed Toledo. Uh, they yeah. just, they, I mean, they have not even, I mean, maybe this is a, a detriment even, but they have not even had a team within 40 of them in this tournament so far. Uh, I don't think Virginia Tech can put up 90 points. And I think Tennessee absolutely can, and that might be what it takes to win that game. So, um, I guess the the best game is still I, I think I'm most intrigued by Ole Miss Louisville because those are two teams that seeding wise aren't supposed to be there. But I think Tennessee can can do finally what they've been trying all year and prove that they deserve to be considered one of the top eight teams in the country. Um and Virginia Tech, who I've loved all year, might be in real trouble. Yeah. Um No, I t- I I totally feel you there. I think Outside of all of that, the one that really stands out to me for some reason is LSU Utah. Cause yeah. I just think that it will be a recipe for explosiveness. This is a game that will either be out of hand quickly, <laughs> um, yeah. halfway through the second quarter, or this thing will go down to the wire because this is going to be the anti Colorado Duke. Yeah. This is, I, this is not going to overtime tied at 50. This is like. This yeah. is someone's going to get to 100. <laughs> yeah, but I think as you look at these at these these squads, um, you know, Johnson, Jenner, Neepkins, there are players that could really score well at will for this Utah team. But also, if there's one player who just in terms of demeanor isn't exactly scared of like Angel Reese as a brand or an aura, it's probably Alyssa Piley. Uh, I think she's willing to take on a challenge and that's what makes this really interesting is um, I think it comes down to attitudes, but it's also just, you have a team that knows how to put up points and put up points big um, against a team that's more or less manhandled and has a lot to prove. I really think that LSU uh, doesn't has not a very good feeling in their crowd about the fact that they lost two games, won 30 games and were given a third seed. I think that yeah. still sticks with them and they're, they're looking to try to stick it to the rest of their region because of that. Um, because you, 
give him whiteboard material and, you know, give other teams reason to punch a hole through it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, that, that one absolutely stands out to me, but overall, I just think we have eight matchups that are going to make some fantastic basketball. So Logan, with all that said, um, Unless do you have anything, if there's anything else you want to hit, I'm just thinking, let's just go one through eight. Let's play the prediction game. We can make this sure. very rapid fire lightning around it. We'll call yeah, it a day. It. Let's do this. Okay. So I'm actually going to go in a uh, schedule order as opposed to bracket order, which is going to make this different. Um, but let's go ahead and do this. So starting off. So Friday the 25th. We're kicking things off 2 p.m. Eastern, number one, South Carolina, number four, the Bruins of UCLA. Logan, who you got? Uh, I think Gamecocks without too much incident. Yeah, I, I expect the Gamecocks to win that one fairly easily, though Kiki Rice has reason to, to put up some noise there, which I would I would appreciate if that happened. But, yeah, I expect South Carolina to win that one. Um I'm actually not going in order now that I'm looking at it. This is in matchup order. So we're doing that. Screw it. <laughs> where's the, where's, I, for, I misplaced my schedule. Uh, so we're going in matchup order. Sorry. This, this was going to be in order of the schedule, but we're going on the bracket because I looked at the wrong tab. And you know what we do when we make mistakes? We double down people. That's what we do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, the 25th at 1130 Eastern. Number three, Notre Dame. Number two, the Terrapins of Maryland. Who you got? Give me the Terps. Also going to Terrapins. Going chalk in that region. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd love to see Notre Dame put up, put up some I think noise that there. Would be, but. That would be a shock if Notre Dame got through. And I, I would be happy for them, frankly. Um, but that's, yeah. I think Maryland's going to handle that one. And I'm also very, Stoked about the potential for Maryland, South Carolina. I think that would be possibly South Carolina's first mainstay test in a while, though I believe they already played Maryland. I'm incorrect in that. You can tell me. Um, let's head over to Seattle four for some reason, because that's what my tab's telling me. We're going to go number eight, Ole Miss just upended Stanford versus number five, Louisville Cardinals. So they go from the Cardinal to the Cardinals. So there's more yeah. Cardinal now. Yeah, now they have to handle it. They, <laughs> they add more Cardinal to the mix because it's plural. Does that change the the strategy? Anyway, Ole Miss Louisville, who you got? Uh, overtime game, Ole Miss takes it. Woo! Hmm. On the strength of their uniforms. <laughs> yeah, you know I can't resist that. Um. We have to be different somewhere, so I'm taking the Cardinals here just because I think I have to. Um, it's hard because Ole Miss, neither team was a benefactor of a home court um, in this sense, so it's not even like we get to play that. But um, I'm going to give this one to Louisville and expect Van Lith and company to, to score big, but also a part of me does believe it's still going to be Ole Miss anyway. Uh and then keeping in Seattle, we've got number six, Colorado. Number two, Iowa. You were just talking about how hot Colorado's been. They might give Iowa a scare. Can they pull off the upset? What do you think? I, I think I have to pick Iowa because I, I want to be correct. Um, but I've, 
uh, I've been in Colorado's camp for so much of this postseason saying they're better than people say. Their defense is elite, as proven in the Duke game against another elite defense. I think they could cause Iowa a lot of problems, but I'm going to continue to take I, – I, it's just hard to picture Caitlin Clark out in the round of 16, you know? I just don't I, – I'm going to take Iowa, but I'm uneasy. I, I, I'm going to do the same. I think this will be a, a big points night for Clark. This will be one of those shooting classics. I think she she pulled back on the offensive front in this last game and played more of a distributor role for most of the time, even though she did lead the team in points. I, I expect kind of the opposite in this one. So I'll take uh, the Hawkeyes in there as well. We're going to head right on back to Greenville, number nine, Miami and Villanova. The Novas and the Canes. This is a fun one. <laughs> got Maddie Segrist, uh, Miami Company. Who you got here? Uh, this might be the toughest pick uh, of this round for me, actually. And it's because I really believe in both teams. But I think maybe just recency bias. I know they tried to give that game away, but I think Miami's. I think Miami's going to do it. Give me my Villanova, but give give me Miami as well. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where that's going to go. I not that's and that's nothing. Unfortunately, you know, because we're agreeing, not unfortunately yeah, because you hate my. That's exactly it. <laughs> is is we're way too chalk on these predictions, but I can't quite just go on on Villanova's for. I feel like Miami's going to have a lot of momentum coming into this matchup. This will be even ground for both teams. It will be in a location that's not going to favor either of them either. Um, in fact, it might favor Miami just a tad bit um, location wise, but I expect it to be a packed house. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Kings are going to pull that one off LSU and the running Utes of Utah. This is a three, two LSU is technically the underdog as a three seed taking on Utah at the two. How do you see this going? Uh, I know this podcast would be more interesting if we disagreed more, but I'm absolutely taking LSU here. Jason, here's the funny thing. I have LSU in the final in my own bracket. But but Jason, uh, bar- alien barbecue, <laughs> alien barbecue on me if this actually happens. I'm I'm gonna go Utah on this one just for the hell of it. Nice. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Utah eclipses the century mark in points here. They keep things close. Um, but I expect Utah to to score well, and I think they have the horses to shot for shot with LSU, and I think hopefully it'll go. In their play. Also, you're going to have a very anti LSU crowd with us with in Greenville, South Carolina fans yeah, who will be, probably yeah. net potentially will back Utah on that and, and help with their atmosphere there. So I'll go that far. Um, Seattle three, our final two matchups, Virginia Tech, Tennessee. You've already hyped this one up. How do you see it going down? This one feels weird because I have Virginia Tech in the Elite Eight and I had Tennessee losing to Iowa State in the round of 32. But because I'm dumb, Tennessee does have a win this year against LSU. Do I have that right? That's their one. They went like one and eight against top 25 opponents. And I think their their win, is, yeah, they, they beat LSU by two. So they, I know they they have it in them to beat a top top crust team and the way they're playing right now they're putting up a ton of points and i kind of don't believe in virginia tech and oh my gosh i talked myself into picking tennessee ah <laughs> no thank you i don't thank like you. it 
<laughs> Thank you, Logan, for letting me favor the best uniforms in all of basketball. Um, I'm going to take the Hokies in this one. I, I just like, I like what they're doing. I like their brand of basketball and I see it happening. Tennessee is very threatening though. So I get it. Final matchup. And this one is interesting. I think because the, this is a team who has weirdly been written off, even though they've been the final four perennials for as long as most fans have been alive at this point. Number three, Ohio state, number two, Yukon. We're all the way out in Seattle. I know that sort of feels like a home game for UConn because Sue Bird and stuff, but <laughs> it's not quite. But who knows? Who do you got? You got the Huskies? You got the Buckeyes? Where's this going? Uh, I was so in on the Buckeyes at the beginning of this year, and I'm just pretty out on them now. I, I think I'm going to take the Huskies just because they play games like this all the time. They It just seems like they their schedule is just full of colossal matchup after colossal matchup and it prepares them for the tournament. I think it's one of the reasons that they're always one of the toughest outs in the tournament every year, obviously coaching and having a bunch of all Americans helps with that as well. But um, this is, I, this is the type of game where I think Ohio state's going to get a little bit tight. And I think UConn is not, I think they, this is, this is old hat for them. So I'm going to take the Huskies here. This tournament is um, very like quietly become like an, an Izzy Fudd, coming out part like a, just like it's been a stage time for her, which has been really exciting. Um, and I just sort of see that continuing for at least one more round. Uh, so I'll take the Huskies in this one as well. Um, but Ohio state's had a really fun way of shutting all of us as hosts up lately. So who the heck knows? Um, I've been, I've, I haven't been hot on them, but they continue to win games. So what are you going to do about that? We'll see. But I see UConn taking care of that as well. So there we are as far as predictions go. Uh, but Friday and Saturday, we are set up for another docket of great basketball. Exciting times, as is obvious. Logan, anything else you want to hit on the docket before we call it a day? No, anything I, I think moves? we pretty much hit on everything. Uh, just apologies to Hoosier fans. I had you in my championship matchup, so that's my bad. Um, the Logan Jones curse persists. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, really, really tough to see them, uh, go home that way this year after, after what felt like a really good game against Miami. But, um, yes. I mean, it's always, that's, that's the downside. The really, the only downside of the single Elim tournament is there's a couple teams you fall in love with. And then before the second weekend, it's just like, all right, bye. Like good yep. luck next year. Uh, and it feels unceremonious, but they had a good year, as did Stanford, uh, and they have a bunch of players that I'm excited to see in the future. Absolutely. I have one question for you, Logan, before we call it an episode, and we can make this as quick as you want to, but it's one question. It's nothing to do with the tournament whatsoever, but it's going to be equally important to some people and possibly most important to me. Letter grade. You can plus minus whatever you want. Uh, what's your grade on the Sabrina ones? Uh, B plus. Yeah, they are. That's a good call. They are good, potentially really, really good. I didn't. I didn't immediately see them and think I need to spend money on those, which would be an A. I, but I want to see the, them. The option more, is there. The option I want to. I want to see them in more contrasting colorways. I feel like the three colorways they yeah. they announced yeah. were very similar. Though 
the one with that very, very, very sweet hint kiss gradient of seafoam. Um, that is one beautiful piece of footwear. Here's, here's what I'll say about it. The signature shoes can go really wrong. And immediately I, I know I'm not going to get a pair because they're either big and blocky and they look uncomfortable or they're kind of trying to be like, oh, it's so ugly that, you know, celebrities are going to wear them because they're so ugly. These are like very clean, very good looking shoes. They're also just kind of an evolution of the Nike Pegasus full, like 34s, which is what I wear every day already. So I could easily see myself getting a pair. No. But I do need to see more colors. Yeah, I think a darker colorway and a couple more dynamic pieces, which should surely come out, whether limited or not. But if there are um, if there are Liberty editions, then that might that might do it. Please. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I like that one colorway, because they they gave that little love, which is I kinda wish they almost did that with all of them, of like have a little bit of Oregon Duck love if you want to, um, or whatever have you. I, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell Sabrina Inesco what to do with her shoe line, but there you have it. So exciting stuff there. Logan, we got to hit a little bit of, of shoes and aesthetics before we called this out. We just talked about a bunch of basketball teams and basketball games. We have a whole, you know, a bunch of more tournament basketball to talk about. But then before you freaking know it, it's the draft. And, and then like it's basketball season. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's go yeah. time right now. This is, yeah. this is, it does not end until it, what? August? Like it's it's yeah. on. So Lloyd, thanks for being with us, listeners. This is we, it. We still have to, we still have to to see how Jewel Lloyd vouches in the pickleball nationals. Which congrats to her for qualifying for that series. <laughs> so um, that's that's been like I almost want to turn that into a side venture podcast, specifically talking about Jewel Lloyd playing pickleball because I think it's fantastic. But uh, a lot to be excited about. But uh, we'll be here the rest of the way. Sweet sixteen and elite eight this weekend. We'll be back soon to talk more about it. Until then, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.